What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Whitetail Edge Podcast, a podcast designed to make you a better whitetail hunter. Now, your host, Ben Rising, and myself, Dylan Gandy. All right, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Whitetail Edge Podcast. We've got a good one in store for you today. We are joined by the owner of Black Widow Deer Lures, uh, Andy Bogowski. Did I say that right? Bogowski. Bogowski. Okay. I get called Hey You. I get called other stuff, too. Yeah. <laughs> and, of course, I've got Ben here. Uh, we got John from Black Widow uh, sitting beside Andy here. Uh, just super pleased to have you on, Andy. Well, it's great to be here. We're in the middle of hunting season and uh, gun season, actually, up visiting. and Had a good season so far. You know, a lot of nice deer. You know, not anything I wanted to take. I got, I got my heart set on a couple. Right. And I'm hoping. Yeah. So I, you've been coming to Ohio and hunting for how long? This year. Just this year? No. Oh. I've been up here for four months, four years. Gotcha. I say this is your fourth year. And yeah. Fourth year. Gotcha. So I mean, uh, Black Widow has been a sponsor of Whitetail Edge for well since the beginning, right? Correct. Yep. Yeah, it was the first year we started. It was uh, <clears throat> back when J.D. Pyatt was still um, editing, or he edited the first year. J.D. was part of the team, and then Travis Hake. Uh, they, J.D. and Travis were friends, and um, basically they had already dealt with you somehow, mm-hmm. and Travis was kind of the one that recommended you guys, and so we kind of connected. And yeah. And started out slow and here we are yeah I mean, it started out you know ben being very professional <laughs> coming up and you know i'm kind of a blue collar laid back and i i gave him a little bit of kidding around and he gave it back and i said okay i can deal with this guy <laughs> <laughs> yeah well i mean ever since that relationship kind of formed or you know, however you want to say it, is it's, it's kind of snowballed since then. And I think one of the, you know, the sponsors that Ben is really uh, known for is Blackwood. I think so many people associate you with the product, the, oh, yeah. the great success that you've had throughout all the seasons of Whitetail Edge. And, I mean, you've really put the hurting on them since using Andy's product. And I think, um, you know, our videos and stuff are just a great testament to the product that Andy has. And, um like I said, you know, we get so many questions on social media and stuff like that for about the Black Widow product, and um, you know whether it be you know the mock scrapes or or how you spray it if you got a deer coming in downwind and you kind of use it as a cover scent. I mean, Andy's constantly innovating. He's got new products coming out with you know the V that came out this year. Um, just so much to talk about with the Black Widow, and Ben. I guess I'm just gonna kind of let you take the mic over and. Uh, further discuss, you know, Black Widow and what it means to you, the success you've had with it, and so on and so forth. Yeah, well, basically, I mean, you know, when we were starting out, we needed some sponsors, you know, some funding to kind of help get the show going and get it off the ground. Um, Reached out to Andy, you know, and I thought it was a good fit just because of the simple fact that um, me with my trapping background using scents and lures, I understood them, you know, and I understood how that stuff works, and, 
you know, I've always been a student of wildlife as far as that goes and like scent control and like scent, how deer react to things, body language. I hadn't been like crazy about using scents that were on the market because I'd never really found any that I felt were that great. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's certain brands that I knew you could, you'd go in and look at Walmart or whatever or some sporting goods stores on the rack and you could tell that some of that scent had probably been there since last fall or maybe two falls ago. <laughs> Look like syrup. Yeah. You know, well, that isn't deer urine, you know. And Andy's product was completely different. It's like the saying that we use, you know, never brown or broken down, always fresh, you know. So. What was that first that first moment where you're like, man, this is some really awesome stuff? I mean, what happened? When deer didn't run away from it. Yeah. When you spray it. <laughs> you know, like yeah. literally, like. I, you know, it's, uh, and just smelling it, like, you know, I could smell the freshness in the lure, you know, um, and, you know, we understand it. I mean, maybe Andy can clarify. I think a lot of people have questions on how deer lure is made and how it's collected and things like that, you know, deer urines, but, um, you know, it's can be multiple deer at times, you know, but then I'm sure there's times that they use specific deer. Mm-hmm. For certain lures maybe or a specific doe or like the like the matriarch yeah it's like matriarch, that's one doe that's one doe one doe and it's the old matriarch of the herd doe yeah. and um which i'll be honest i'm going to say it right now and this isn't like to um down any other product or lure that's that andy sells like because the v is great you know things like that it has a special purpose but for me the matriarch is like I mean, it's my go-to. Like, it, it's all around smell can help. I mean, helps me whether it's deer downwind, whether, I mean, it just really does a good job. It's just a great lure um, in many different ways. The V, all of them are this, can be that way. But there's just, even when you smell the matriarch, to me, there's just something about it that turns me on. <laughs> well, I don't know. It's well, just, well, what this guy? <laughs> I, I do want to backtrack a little bit, Andy, and I just want to kind of get the foundation of what Black Widow was and where it started, how it started, and let's just touch on that real quick, and then we'll move forward here. All right. Started back in '97 okay. in Everett, Michigan. I was three. <laughs> well, '97 in Everett, Michigan. And before that, I had a sporting goods store, and then, you know, I got out of that because of, it took too much time, and I had children, and um, started repping a few products, and one was Deer Lure. I'm looking, I'm going, I can do it better. You know, and everybody says, no, you can't do that. You can't go in there. The big guys will cut you down at the knees and stuff. I go, well, this isn't right. It's... Um, 99% of the deer lure out there is brown. I go, show me an animal that pees brown. It's not right. It's just not right. And so I started back then, and I started um, pouring it in bottles by hand, putting it in a bottle, like a, a Gatorade bottle, and pouring them in by hand. Mm-hmm. That's how I did it. And um, and at that time, how, how, how were you gathering... I had a farm up in um, Ident, uh-huh. um, but there was a farm over in, in um, 
in Michigan there that I was getting it from, and um, at that time I was getting it by a five-gallon pail, and, you know, I could see the deer, you know, getting a lure from them, and, um, you know, and my idea was it needs to be fresh, and it had to be um, different than everybody else, so I showed the color, I showed the clearness, you can look through it, mm -hmm. um, also um, I dated it. Okay. So every bottle from back in 97 had a date on it. Mm -hmm. You know, this is, um, you know, your was collected, you know, and vast majority of deer lure companies don't do that. And uh, you just have to ask yourself a question. Why? And the, the, the resounding answer I keep coming back with is because they don't want to have to take it back at the end of the year. They, they could just leave it on the shelf, leave it in their distributors, Leave it in their warehouse where they didn't ship it out. They'll just ship it out next year. It's like, but that ain't right. It ain't good. I mean, you know, the the, um, the um, hormones that are in the lure break down. It's just like medicine. If you go and get some uh, prescription from the pharmacy and you have some liquid medicine or whatever, it has discard after a certain date. Not because it's getting stronger, because it's breaking down getting weaker. Mm -hmm. The same thing with um, the lures, the deer lures. The older it is potency goes down it's kind of like freezing it oh freezing like and everybody's asked if they should freeze the deer and i was like mm -hmm. absolutely do not freeze it no because it separates you, it if you freeze the lure ask yourself one question and I, I i had a video on this um i did it two ways i did it with a bottle of water and froze it and i had a bottle of water unfrozen and you showed a bottle of water frozen and it's bulging out and everybody had by mistake froze a bottle of water it's bulging out or, mm -hmm. or pop or whatever soda um, and the reason is because the molecules are expanding and they burst they eventually burst the different um, uh, hormones and stuff cells burst and I showed it in another way I had a big white plate I had two steaks one that was fresh Never frozen. Other one was fresh, never frozen, but I froze it overnight and then defrosted it and put it on a plate and just tipped them up like that. The amount of liquid that came out of the one that was frozen, unbelievable. Where the one that was unfrozen, hardly any blood or liquid came out of it. And the reason why, because the cells of that meat expanded blue. And, and it basically, you're losing uh, the moisture. And uh, those are the cell membranes breaking. So that's just like a big misconception. So I mean, oh, yeah. if you if you're buying and ordering urine, um, and you and it's coming frozen, it's wrong. I mean, it's wrong because um, you know you might think, oh well, you, you freeze this and you freeze that. Well, yeah, but you're cooking it. It's not, you know, you, you, your active ingredient in that lure is the hormones, and if you're blowing up those cells, you really don't have anything. All you have is pee. Yeah. You know, I mean, it still has some smell, but it's not the smell that no. is no. The, the key trigger for what we do with black widow deer lures. I mean, you could put it under a microscope, and you can see the busted and blown out cells. Um, but it's a gimmick. Mm -hmm. it comes around, and uh, you know, there's already a few companies that are they tried it. You know, it was the big thing. But you can't beat natural. Yeah, can't beat Mother Nature. No, I mean that's that's the thing. Like why, why, the way God created them, mm -hmm. uh, could it be any better? I mean every, you know, every year in November for four weeks they go absolutely ballistic over that one smell. 
why would you want to change it? You know. I tell you what, they go they go nuts over that smell. I remember when I was up here bow hunting, um, <coughs> and you know it's a twenty minute drive twenty to my property from over here, and one morning there, I had to stop the car down to five miles an hour on the different highways and stuff. And it was four different different areas, different bucks, and they were all about 140. And I had somebody in the vehicle, they are going, but they were like sniffing the pavement, and yeah. then they'd go, whoa, whoa. It's one of those <laughs> magical days where everything was. The same morning, four different times on that 20 yeah. minute drive. Yeah. So back to the storage, Andy, what is the best way to store the product? Best way to store it is um, out of the sunlight, of course. Don't put it in your on your dashboard of your car, even if it's uh, 50 out on the dashboard of your car. If it's a sunny day, it's 80 or 90. Mm -hmm. Then it starts to cook it. Mm -hmm. And uh, the best way to keep it is if you got a refrigerator. Fridger refrigerator is fine, or you know, basement cool. Mm -hmm. You know, even room temperature is okay. You know, um, like I said, we date all our products so that way. Um, like beer, born on date. Yeah, yeah. Well, we well we take it back from our dealers, and you know we get a few messages every once in a while. Hey, this company has a couple bottles. I go, I can't make them send it back, mm -hmm. but at least you know that it's last year's product because it has a date on it. Yeah, you know I can't sit there uh, make yeah, them. It's up to the dealer to decide if right. they want that money. Right. Yeah. I mean, Send it back to me, and I'll give you um, the money back, or I'll give you a new product for next year. You know, and uh, I take it back and I destroy it. And I, I almost got in a fist fight two years, three years ago. <laughs> you know, uh, where I'm at in Tennessee, um, we have, we don't have a garbage pickup. We have um, convenience centers, so you go three, four, five miles, and it's open like three days a week. You know, in different areas. And they got a big dumpsters, compactors and stuff. And I'm over there throwing some boxes in there with deer lure. And some guys yelling, I oh, you do it, give me it, give me it. I, I go, what are you gonna do with it? Well, I sell it on eBay. I go, no, you're not. <laughs> and I almost got in a fist fight. These guys wanted to beat me up and I told the guy, I go, compact it. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm gonna give it to him to sell it on eBay. Yeah, right. I mean, um, that would be last year's stuff, you know. That's why you don't see me at um, trade shows in January, February, March, you know, selling deer lure. It's like um, I may be there and I may be promoting, but I'm not selling the lure. And if you see somebody, you're selling, taking orders. Yeah, if you if you see somebody over there selling <clears throat> deer lure in February and March at a at a trade show, I go. Don't that ought to be some special stuff come November. Yeah, mm -hmm. <laughs> or October. I mean. It's, it's hard not to appreciate how detail-oriented you are, um, you know, whether that be from this product is dated now, I'll buy it back, I'm going to uh, discard of it, um, and then specifying between the northern and southern blends, mm -hmm. I mean, you just, you go so, like, far into the I, detail. I did that, like... Probably 15 years ago, and then everybody goes, oh, there's no difference, and then I go, yes, there is. You know, I have all the documentation from different um, biologists and stuff, and some of them are, you know, um, on TV now, you know, and I won't mention their names, but I won't put their feet to the fire. But um, 
then all of a sudden, a few years ago, you know, the one show came up. You know, the white-tailed slam, the different subspecies of, you know, different parts of the country. It's like, I've been telling you, they're, they're a little bit different. You know, it's um, kind of like people, you know, uh, people from around the world. They're all, they can all breed, we can all breed. We're all, you know, very similar, but we do have um, different characteristics, different smells. And, and, diets. And diets and stuff. The diets change a lot. I mean, if you're down there in southern Alabama, southern Mississippi, and you're eating palmetto um, berries or Florida eating palmetto berries or eating um, a lot of persimmons or you're up in Ohio and you're eating corn or, or um, you know, um, beans, you know, it's, it's a lot different. Yeah. Well, you know? I mean, just like someone that drinks a lot of water mm-hmm. opposed to someone that drinks a lot of coffee. Mm-hmm. You know? Or somebody eats a lot of garlic. You know, you can smell it on them. It, it comes out into their urine. Mm-hmm. So... Um, there's a difference, you know. So where's Black Widow based at? Where are you guys at as far as uh, in, in stores, retail? I know, like, you're working on some new deals and stuff like that. So let's, where is Black Widow? Well, a whole lot farther than when they started with me. <laughs> and, and, we'd be, and, and, and we'd be way, we'd be much farther if we didn't have Whitetail Edge. <laughs> No, just joking there. I know. <laughs> but um, no, we're based out of uh, Greenville, Tennessee. Okay. Right near to uh, about 10 miles from the North Carolina border and about 20 miles south of the Virginia border. So it's, um, But your urine comes from other places, et cetera, yes. right? Yes. Like, and, um, that's to clarify that for the guys in the Midwest. Oh, yeah. These aren't Tennessee deer. No. Explain that. How does that work? I mean, you're in Tennessee, you're getting. Some things he can't say. Okay. But. Yeah. I can't um, tell people where I get it from because if I tell you where I get it from... That's the secret sauce. That's the secret. You know, it's... um, And I'm not here to help. And I used to. I used to give information out. But then people would go into business and try to go in business against you. It's like... Yeah. Why should I make things easier? Just like on my website. I don't put my dealers down. You Mm -hmm. know, some people, they have 30 or 40 dealers. They put their list of their dealers down. Well, I don't, and I've got yeah, many, to, many, many hundreds. Because they try to poach the dealers. Yeah, they poach them. They just sit there and um, copy them. And it's then just like me giving all them. my secrets out, and then my neighbors use it against me. Yeah. You know? But um, you just don't do that. You Not know? All we probably have about 800 independent dealers right now, and uh, getting more. We're in... Um, you know, several large chains, some small chains. I mean, we're um, we're in Dunham's, we're in um, um, Fleet Farm. Uh, we just picked up a real nice one today while we're hanging a tree stand for my my sons up with my grandson, six and a half years old. So there's three generations there. We're hanging a um, double for him, and um, John was there, and he goes, tapped me on the shoulder. He goes, "Good news." Um, Canadian for everybody north of the border. Canadian Tire is picking up four SKUs for next year. That's awesome. Twenty twenty three. So that's uh, that's a big one. That's five hundred and three stores. So um, you guys are in like Rural King, in, aren't you? Rural? Not Rural King. We're mm-hmm. in um, you know Myers. Myers. Another okay. one. You know, and um, Walmart's. Some. Yeah, we're in some of the Walmart's. You know, not every single one of them, but you know some. But, um, it's crazy. I've never seen it in our Walmart here in town. 
Oh, I live here. Tractor, tractor supplier. I think we're in, I don't know, 1,400 tractor suppliers. They don't carry a lot, mm-hmm. but they, there's a lot of stores, you know, they, you know, they, they don't carry a lot of it, but. Miller's Gun and Supply carries it. Oh, Miller's Gun Supply. They go through it like does water. That. Yeah. You know, all them guys around here up in Ohio, it's probably one of our number one states, Ohio, Michigan, and uh, Pennsylvania. You know, are, are big, big, big states. I mean, they're all big. You know, but um, I think I'm, people have a misconception a lot on how to use lure. You know, they think you're just going to go out to the woods, walk up to a tree stand, dump oh, it out, and yeah, they're going to come running. They're going to come running right to it. No, yeah, it, it, that's it, just not how you use lure. I mean, it can work that way. Yeah. You know, you can lay a scent drag to your stand, and it can happen. You know, a buck can cut it, and be in the right mood and follow it all the way to you it's happened but um people need to be a little bit more of a student of like scrapes deer nature how they use scrapes how they communicate like with the branch butter you know that you know interdigital gland um you know then they've got you know there's so many different glands that a deer has and so like you know You've got forehead glands that, you know, where deer are rubbing their foreheads, they're yeah, chewing tree, on these licking branches, preorbitables, you know, which is by their eye, correct? Mm-hmm. Their interdigitals in their feet where they, like, paw on the ground, you know. Yeah, so, it's very easy to see the one in their, in their feet. A lot of people don't even know it's there. Take their, take their um, hoof, spread, spread it open, and you can, see, you can see the hole in there, the gland in there. It's, um... That's why you always wonder why. Why are you licking those feet? Well, that's why. <laughs> no, I mean it's there's so many different. Like I cut the hawks right off of them. Mm-hmm. I, I will tarsals. Yeah, the tarsals. I'll will cut them right off those does and those bucks if I harvest one during. And it's pretty amazing what you know. But anyways, you know deer like, and I think that's where whitetail edge has been really good for the black widow side of things for Andy is because. We kind of show people how to use it, mm-hmm. you know. It's not always going to work, but I guarantee you we get 90% more people messaging us with positivity, do we not? Oh, it's all, it's literally constant. It's constant. Of, well, any, of every, any one product that we use as sponsors, which anybody that knows Whitetail Edge, we do not use anything we do not believe in. We just won't do it. Um, we're true to our core of... We're not going to use products just to use them or just to be paid or whatever. We truly believe in what we do. Um, and I don't, I mean, we get comments on a lot of our stuff, you know, like this year with the Osseo gear, you know, everybody's liking that stuff that's purchased it. You know, we get a lot of good feedback from that. But, you know, Osseo gear is a lot more expensive than buying a 15 to $20 bottle of deer pee. So we're selling a lot more of the urine, obviously. <clears throat> but... The positivity that we get back from like hey i watched your video and how you use branch butter and then you made a mock scrape and it's just amazing to me how these deer are using these things and it's probably the one single most question we get absolutely what do you use for this so we made a whole video this year just on that you know right. just because of how many messages we're getting we're like man we gotta yeah we're, we're gonna have to make a video i've told so many people to watch your booner school i mean you give all kinds of different you know tips and, and tactics and, and I mean it's visual it's right there it's it's but people got to realize 
calls don't work all the time. Yeah. Lures don't work all the time. Right. You, you can't call a turkey if he's got a hen. Mm-hmm. You know, so if you think you're just going to put a bottle of pee out and say, where are they? Well, I mean. That's why I think, like, a lot of the, <clears throat> that's why I like scrapes so much. And I'm huge on the scrapes. And guess like, what? And guess what? They're, they're hitting them hard right now. Yeah, because they're done. Right now. They're done with that first round of does. And I said it not too long ago on our podcast. You watch. What's going to happen is you're, you're going to be able to tell where the rut lays. You know, like mm-hmm. just the type of what the deer are doing. Because they're going to go, the scrapes are going to go dry. They're with the does. Then those scrapes are going to start getting worked back up again. It's, and it's December 1st today that we're talking. It rained. Two days ago? A couple days ago. That next, I didn't hunt that morning, Wednesday morning. I hunted Wednesday afternoon. The scrapes are all open, all tore up. And like I told you when I came here, I had a great sit. You know, I seen six, eight does, three spikers wanting to get in the game, but I had a mid-130s and then about a 145-ish, 10-point, but real small tines. And you know where I was hunting. It's about a 400-yard square field. And they were bumping and chasing. And then at the other end there, it was a hi-hat, you know, probably an eight, you know, nothing big. Chasing a doe. I mean, full tilt across that field. She's And the farmer left his tractor out there. The, the doe ran around the tractor twice trying to lose the buck. <laughs> it just kept on running. <laughs> I once, this is no kidding, now that you say that, years ago, me and Billy were doing a logging job. Billy was a guy who worked for me for a long time, driving skitter. <clears throat> and this one particular part of the job, we literally were pulling the tops out. Typically, you don't pull the treetops out. You know, you just you do the whole, you just cut the top off the, you know, main trunk all the way up to the top, get the good logs out, leave the tops, you know, that don't make good logs. And because <clears throat> you do a lot of damage actually pulling the tops out. But this guy was clearing this spot because he was going to build some stuff there or whatever. So we were pulling them all out, and we were actually cutting them off on the landing in a certain spot, and then we'd pull the log up, drop, cut it off, you know, into logs. Well, there was this buck down in this bottom, and it was an old place I used to live up in Garrettsville-Nelson area up in there, and we called it the quarry and uh, the dikes or whatever. And it was down in this pit. We could see this buck chasing this doe relentlessly for like an hour <laughs> down in there. And... Finally, like, she comes running, literally, runs up out of the bottom of the quarry down there, runs up to the top. Billy's on the skitter, dropping another top off, pushing it up. She literally comes running at me. I'm standing there with a chainsaw running, cutting a log up. She's literally, like, comes to me, stops at, like, 20 feet, and she's like, it was almost like she was going, help me. Help me? Could you get him off me? I mean, because he was being really <laughs> relentless. Like, he was goring her in the butt, you know. She literally tried to get under that treetops pile. She literally crawled into that pile of treetops, mm-hmm. trying to get away from this buck. And, I mean, he was being a jerk. He was only like a little six-point. But, I mean, he was ticked off, and he was in that frenzy, and he just was, like, trying to t- He was trying to pull her out of there. He was trying to horn her. Finally, I, like, threw a big stick at him and hit him in the side and he took off then like I snapped him out of it and he took off and she laid there forever she finally come peeling out there about the time we were ready to leave for the day and she just kind of walked off and it was just they're relentless I watched one horn a fawn 
literally gore it, throw it over his back because it was with its mom and he wanted her mom and the fawn just didn't know what to do, you know, and it literally, they were running down to the field together, the buck was chasing the doe and the fawn was like running behind like, okay, you know, just trying to keep up and that buck got mad, stopped, turned right into that fawn and just flipped it right over his back. I know it killed it. I mean, you could see the blood coming out of it and it ran off into the woods. That is insane because uh, I tell a lot of people to get hunting permission. I'm like, you know those bucks, they'll, they'll kill the fawns and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. But they'll kill your kids. Yeah, they'll kill your kids. They're coming at cars. Yeah, yeah. Um, no. get rid of them. November, they'll, they'll break in your house. <laughs> but no, I mean, like it's... They're just that aggressive when it's breeding season. I mean, you think about it. They only get to do this so many weeks out of a whole year. Yeah, they're not Imagine how cranky you would what? be if you know if you only got to do it for four weeks of the year, Dylan. You'd be. <laughs> I had my daughter up here the first week of November, and um, she passed on a couple. And then um, I was hunting with her the one morning there, and we were walking back the bedding area. I think, you know, and I was on the road looking down, and I go, on the hillside over there, and then watch it with binoculars. Actually watched a buck breed a doe. Mm-hmm. You know, that was, that was pretty cool. But, yeah, she, um, that's kind of my fault, mine and John's fault, actually. You know, I put her in a stand. I go, yeah, go in there yourself, you know, blah, blah, blah. And we didn't trim it out. John goes, ah. Oh, we hung the stand. We go, we'll trim it out when we go and hunt it. Or whatever. Well, we didn't. Dang it, John. And, and needless to say, <laughs> Ben knows what I'm talking about. I don't have any pictures of it, but he has a neighbor friend of his called him up, and, and I didn't. And and um, Ben didn't know about that I saw this deer. He goes, hey, I hear there's a giant over there, monster. I asked him questions. I go, what do you look like? And he told me, I go, yeah. I saw him, and my daughter had it 20 yards broadside, and I got up there the other day and looked, and I went, oh, no. She was lucky if she had a 50-50 chance of getting it through there. She's a good magnet, though, because twice now she's seen the two biggest. I know. Last year and this year. But she had it 20 yards, and, you know, nobody knows what I'm talking about, and the teardrop there, I mean, it was to her left, she's sitting there, it was right there, but there's overhanging branches, and she. Yep. Well, that's where that uh, saying is, don't put off tomorrow what you can do today. Hey guys, just a quick word from our sponsor over at Cobra Archery. Cobra Archery has been a well-recognized name in the archery industry since 1974. They purchased the company in July of 2017 and moved its operations from Oklahoma to Pennsylvania. Cobra Archery now resides in the rural community of Newport, PA. Archery is and always has been an integral part of their lives and their community. They live the outdoor lifestyle and they enjoy hunting, fishing, camping, and hiking. So starting from a very young age, Jake, the owner, studied mechanical design and motion. He's always been intrigued by moving parts and how they function as one. He's been a bow hunter and sportsman for more than 40 years. So long before the purchase of Cobra Archery, he was shooting his own custom design releases. Each season of bow hunting has given him the knowledge and experience to understand what the archer, you, requires in a quality piece of equipment. 
This knowledge base is being used to design and manufacture the most pioneering and innovative release in the industry. Cobra Archery is fully committed to driving this family-owned business to the pinnacle and exceed expectations. So please know when you see a Cobra Archery release that it was designed by an archer for an archer, using only the finest materials with efficient motion and strong construction. You know how easy it would have been? We could have just backed it. We had the truck right there. It could have just stood in the tailgate. We had the extension uh, chainsaw. could just went dink, 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 about three three or four little cuts. And I could hear John, no, let's get back. I'm hungry. I want a burrito. <laughs> <laughs> Poor John. I've never seen my daughter so mad. I mean, she's the one that doesn't swear hardly at all. She's a physician's assistant. She's Mr. Professional. She's calm, cool. You know, she loves to hunt. She was MFing. She was all hell. She was going. Then she cried. Oh, my. And then she'd get That's mad. Then she'd... <laughs> How long was he there? A couple minutes? Enough to really... About care. a minute and a half, and then she hit the twig, and then, you know, went right underneath him. Mm. And he, he loped off, you know, that teardrop. He loped off towards the inside part of the teardrop. It had that little belly. And he just stopped on the other side, turned broadside, looked to the left, looked to the right, looked all around. She goes, just looked. I go, he was big, wasn't he? Because I, I saw that deer a day and a half earlier. She didn't, she couldn't really see it well. We were hunting what we call the West End. And I saw it on a neighbor's property over there. She goes, some deer they're chasing over there. And I finally they came out of the thicket. They're up in the field there. I looked and I just went, Ooh, I go, that's a Ben Deer. <laughs> that's all I could think of. Ooh, that's a Ben Deer. He just sitting there looking at the doe, and he just giving me the head this way, that way, and it was, his tines were at least 10, 12 inches, every single one. Like okay, we don't need to talk too much about how big the deer, because people do listen to this that... Huh? Around there. Uh, I'm still dreaming about it. I, I, I just want to. I'm just saying. I just want to turn my turn my head to the left. We already have enough problems with people road hunting that place. Yeah. Well, they the don't know what I'm talking sneaking about. Sneaking in there. But you know, I just want to turn my left and go. You know, you only have to think about uh, if you're shooting them or not. If it, I always taught if you sit there and turn and look, and all of a sudden you see me and you go, "Oh shit!" Yeah. He's a shooter. Yeah. <laughs> but he was only 130 tops. <laughs> so let's move on <laughs> okay we'll, we'll, we'll say 120 how about that yeah okay but no I mean going back to like you know just using the lure like we have videos on YouTube on our Whitetail Edge TV channel that people can watch you know we have all kinds of videos on there like some are in order some are not some are under seasons but there's a lot of information on there even just watching our shows and most of them are the ones that like I'm in like are my kills you'll find stuff that give you good info on um, how to use the lures and, you know, like different things. And uh, I was going to say, I've got a buddy that's in Illinois too, and his name is Dan Nordstrom. <clears throat> and I met Dan back in 15 when I, I leased a piece of property off of him, actually. But before that, Dan was really known, and he's been in some magazine articles, and he's killed some freaking mega giants. Um, but Dan is a big scrape guy. And I learned a lot of stuff just listening to Dan, too. And this was before I even got with Andy. But Dan was really good about scrapes and, you know, um, 
got me interested a little more in it too. And I've always, you know, I always used to listen to some of the writers talking about scrapes. Like you got to hunt downwind, you know, 50 yards because they're going to scent check them from a distance and to, you know, they're not going to go right to the scrape. And I'm like, well, how did the scrape get made if they don't go to the scrape? Mm-hmm. You know, like I never could understand those kind of things. And, but I was listening to these articles, you know, and I just never had no luck scrape hunting. You know, I just never did. So <clears throat> I was hunting the wrong ones at the wrong time of year, for one. You know, um, so I started fine-tuning that a little bit. And now, I mean, you know, you give me from October to October 28th, I'll take scrape line or scrapes any day of the week if I can find the right ones that are in the right sections and close to where I think, you know. But the other thing is, too, is you got to have the deer. Like, if you don't have the buck, if you're not on the buck that you're trying to kill or... You know, if you're just out trying to kill a deer, that's different. But if you're after a big, big deer and you know that deer's around and you can find that sign that you know he's made, you will kill that deer on a scrape. You can do it. And it can be in the morning, even in October. It can be in the morning, middle of October. It could be at noon. Yeah, if you're in the right spot. Um, So it's, but you're only going to have a couple tries. Because if, you, if you're really trying on those certain scrapes that are deep, close to his bedding and things like that, he will catch on if you don't get him killed. But like that deer a few years ago that I called Splits, killed him the first time in. That's a great video for somebody to watch. I think that was in season seven, maybe, or uh, six. six or seven. But <clears throat> um, first time I hunted him, I went in after him and I killed him on a scrape shot him right in the scrape. So it's like just proof tell that... Up on his hind legs, just getting at Yeah, it. he was up in the tree raking it and then brought come back down and I let him have it, but... I let the air out of him, huh? Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, and he was almost 170. <clears throat> but, uh, you know, it's just... It, the stuff works, you know, and Andy was in town, so we wanted to have a little podcast with Andy and just kind of get a background of, like, you know, how you got started and... You know, and you know, John is here, which John McPherson is your marketing guy. My son brought me this. He has a few. One of my original bottles. This is this is the one ounce bottles back in ninety oh, seven. This here is an acorn, and it's oil. Mm. I don't use oil anymore because back. I mean, oil was great, lasted forever. I mean, the scent. But a couple of people complained. They go, "Well, I put it on my clothes, and it stained it." I go, "Well, it's oil." Yeah, mm. but they look at. It, doesn't say moron proof. Huh? <laughs> One of the things while you're looking at that, though, Ben, I mean, <clears throat> Black Widow is not just an October, November thing either. Um, you know, I've seen you in early September, late August using Young Buck. Um, yeah. This year, for instance, on my hunt, I killed on September 28th and had to give the, the buck the, the wind advantage. Um, obviously, some set elimination played a big big key in that but also i had a bottle of dominator and just spraying that as a cover scent and was able to kind of you know dupe them those yeah that leash that leash um helped too didn't it what was it the leash oh yeah i'm the big fence around (laughs) (laughs) joking yeah but uh no i mean just there's there's so many uses and it's not just an october november thing either well it's just like that hunt i was talking about with splits if people would go back and watch that, they'll literally see, and the hunt would have been over before I even got started. 
<clears throat> but I had does coming off the hill, and I was hunting in a bottom in the evening, which, which is a no-no. But it's the only place I could kill this deer, and I knew that because that was his routine. He was going to go there. So I was relying on the phase. I was relying on my clean clothes and just doing my thing. I was by myself, self-filming, and I had the, the matriarch in my pocket ready to roll. And as soon as those does started coming off that hill, and I didn't even hear them coming. The, I didn't hear them until the one went, I was like, oh, no. And I just looked up, and there they are, like 40 yards, looking through the brush, like smelling. They couldn't see me. So I instantly, and I could see then that this, the wind was kind of swirling up that way. So I just, and there wasn't much wind, but it was That's just enough. I hate, I hate, everybody like, oh, I like it when there's not much wind. I don't, I like it eight or ten. I like it going in a direction that it's going. It keeps it going. I don't like it waffling around. Yeah, so then I just started spraying that in the air, just like pretty uh, rapidly, you know, and I always kind of have it ready. And you can just see it get up there, and you can see it hit them. The second it hits them, boom. They're just like, oh, what did I smell? And then they just, I literally had one come down. It's all on film. Literally had one bed within 20 yards of my tree. Just come down, and then they just, just kind of calm down. Peace of mind. They led down. I had seven of them bed a couple years back in Kansas, and then I killed the buck. There was a buck chasing a doe out in front of us. Meanwhile, we had seven does and yearlings come in beside us to the bedding area because we were hunting in the bedding area. We weren't hunting bait or anything. We were hunting in a bedding area. And they come in beside us, got downwind of us, and started kind of freaking. And I thought I was just going to ruin the whole thing, and I just start spraying that stuff in the air. And it just calms them down. They got curious for a bit, a little nervous, but then they went ahead and went through the wind stream and laid in front of us 40 yards, and I shot that buck 10 minutes later. He finally pushed that doe up to them, and I killed him. Last year, we went up to Ben's Knob, you know, on top of that hill up there. You know, yeah, we call it Ben's Knob. But um, we go, okay, we're going to get up there. We're going to do a drag up. We're going to get up there. We're going to get in early. And we're staying the whole day. We got up in there, and I'm gonna tell you, we had a couple of them come. <laughs> we laughing about. It was immature. I didn't say anything. Well, John's talking with her. got me going. Ben's crest. Ben's crest. Yeah, Ben's hillside. Ben's <laughs> <laughs> up on that hill that we called that's where Ben had a camera on <laughs> okay Ben Ben's top of the hill how's that <laughs> okay I wasn't even thinking you dirty I wasn't I, I either John started <laughs> but we had a couple bucks track us in then they laid down then we had more they they lay down all around us. There were bucks, does. We probably had, what, 15 deer around us within 75, 80 yards in a circle around us up there. And none of them smelled us. We're like, you know, unfortunately, one that I would have shot laid down in briars about 50, 60 yards away. I go, well, he gets up. He comes here. I want to shoot him. But um, needless to say, it started picking up wind at about noon, 1 o'clock. I mean, Starting to blow 15, 20. And it's funny how they can't see each other, but they all kind of, within about five minutes, got up and went over the side of the hill. Got out of that wind. Yeah. <clears throat> and I go, long way to go. You come this way, you know. And 
So yeah, it's a lot, even just like something like that that you're talking about, like those kinds of the things determine where I hunt. Mm-hmm. Well, that's and what that's I heard yesterday evening. And I text you, I go, I told you where I was going to hunt. I go, it's blowing west, it's blowing 20, gusting up to 30. I go, they're going to be on that side of that hill. And I'm hoping they're going to come out, funnel right out there. It worked, but not the right one I wanted. Well, that's like this year I told Dylan, I said, I'm going to go kill Bill in this bottom. Bottom Bill, we called him. But and it was so windy, and a lot of people probably wouldn't even have went hunting. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, I'm going, and I'm going to get down in this bottom where he's going to be cruising. Because he ain't going to stop cruising for does, but he's just going to pick different how he's going to do it. I was, I was hanging on yesterday. It was blowing steady 20 where I was across that big field and gusting the 30, 35, and I was in a small oak that where I was, I'm only about 12, 13 feet up, but it's only probably six inches in diameter, but the tree still has probably three-quarters of its brown leaves up there. I go, good, all good. And I was up to rocking and rolling. I thought it was a flag, you know, and then it started laying down a little bit, but... That's where I wanted to be, you know. And that cover's more important than height. Yeah. I had to win. I knew which way the wind was going. <laughs> million miles that way. Right. What would you say has been the biggest change in this deer urine business since you've been in it? In the industry in general. Like, what are some of the things you've seen, like, when you started going to shows and now to, to now? Like, here we are faced with the ATA show coming up here shortly, and nobody's going to be there. Like, it's basically hard to You're not going to be there. 90% uh, of the boat companies I, I, aren't going to be there. I've been there since 2000. I ain't going this year. Yeah. First year. And the reason is, I've done Indy. It's an Indy this year. Probably 10, 12 times. So I know what the size of it is. And um, usually stay at the same hotel across. And, you know, the main floor is a certain size and then you got a second floor well I even told him I go you just downgraded it by 30% on each floor and I go you at the time they had 207 this was only about a month month and a half ago you still had 270 some booths open well did you do yourself a favor look at it now they taken that front the biggest floor it's half again as small again they got rid of all those um Empty booths, majority of them. Mm. And so I would say if you're lucky, the floor space is going to be about half of what it normally is. But, I mean, why do you think that is? Like, you know, what what do you think some of the changes are now that, I mean, obviously the industry used to be big on rep groups, you know, salespeople. Like, that's where they would go and make a lot of orders with people like you because it's a buyer show. It's not mm-hmm. typically a... It's what not I, a show open to the public, at least that one. What I think it is, I'll tell you what I think it is. A lot of the dealers are going by phone. The big dealers, okay, we got we picked up Fleet Farm out of uh, Wisconsin, 50-something odd stores. We did it by Zoom. Mm-hmm. Um, Canadian Tire that we just announced that we're going to be in there. That was all done by Zoom. You know, th- th- these big accounts, they don't have to travel anymore. COVID didn't make it any better for no, COVID for shows. Co- COVID like basically showed people, you know, you don't really need to be there. Yeah. You know, you're still going to sell and we can do it this way and we can talk. Actually, it made it easier for everybody because people now aren't 
wasting as much time on planes and traveling and fuel and gas. Yeah. To, to I mean, um, I mean, if you're a um, independent dealer, well, you and you carry a PSE, you should be able to see the PSE line when your rep comes through, yeah. or Hoyt, you know, or any of them. You know, your rep should be well, coming through. You know, and it's it's probably it's money saving for um, people with products like yourself. You know, for sure. Oh, but it makes it tough. You know, like guys like me have always enjoyed going just to rub shoulders with our sponsors. You know, other people in the industry. You enjoy being there, but it seems like a lot of that's going away now. And so you're just kind of curious to see. I wonder where it's going to be. You know, where our industry will be five years from now like you know there's so many changes I've seen and I've been filming since 2000 2001 you know running cameras filming deer since then that's mm -hmm. how long I've done this and um, you know started with the juries then and you know I've just seen so many different changes and you know then social media come out and we never had social media when we first started with the juries doing when, this stuff when I when I started with, with Black Widow you know, and you try to get in some of these bigger accounts, they go, um, what magazines are you in? You know, nobody cares about magazines anymore. The reach is so small. Then there was, what TV shows are you on? Now they don't even ask that now. Now they ask, uh, what shows you sponsor and what, what platforms are they on? And... What's your social media reach? Yeah, what are your analytics? <laughs> yeah, that's where it's gone. Yeah. It's gone to the online because... Um, Everything's trackable now. Mm -hmm. That's why, like, somehow, and I don't know if it... It only could have been the grace of God, I guess, because it wasn't like I had this brainstorm and was you, like... You were on the leading edge when it, when you came and you said, you know, I'm going to have an online show. Yeah. You know, the, the, you, well, I was, but I didn't really have the knowledge behind it as to exactly why I was doing it, other than I couldn't afford to go on TV, for one. Two. With all the money you get from me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> but, um, no, what I was going to say was like, you know, I knew that things were going towards that kind of stuff, but I just didn't know how much. But I think, in my own personal opinion, the people that were ahead of the game, honestly, like that knew it and saw it, was Bill Winkie when he still had Midwest Whitetail mm -hmm. and Grant Woods, um, Growing Deer TV. Those two were on it. And they, they did a great job, created a huge following before YouTube started changing a lot of stuff up. Because they've changed algorithms on YouTube now that makes it harder to get farther um, than when like guys like that started. Like if I'd have started like I think in 2012, 13, 14, I think it would have been even easier to get my reach out there. But um, we've done really good. But I'm just saying, you know, those guys grew rapidly because they were some of the only good deer content available online. Like the people that didn't pay for Direct TV or satellites or things. So they they saw that, and I mean, kudos to them guys. You know, they've They've been innovators in a lot of ways in our industry. Grant, you know, coming up with different different food plotting systems and things like that. Bill Winkie's been writing articles for years, and I've said it in the past. <clears throat> there's only a few people that I've ever written or wrote, read their articles that I really felt like they knew what they were really talking about, and they put the actual results behind their articles with the actual deer pictures of big deer. 
you know, and Bill's one of those guys. Um, but, you know, Bailey, you better get your pen. You can hear her feet walking around. Um, but, you know, there's just so many changes that have happened, and now it's like you see, you know, with sponsors, and I think even the sponsors now, because there was like this thing for a while where it was, you know, everybody's willing to do everything for free as long as they could get their face out there. Like, you know, give me some product, and I'll I'll put it on Instagram, and I'll wear a tight shirt and bra and whatever, skinny shorts. I don't know crap about deer hunting, but mm-hmm. I'll sell your product for you. Um, you know, and, you know, there's just so much of that stuff that's gone on, and I finally, I think, personally, I think there's people that are just getting tired of it. Like, they're tired of that kind of stuff you know yeah some of those girls girls are always going to have following like that they just are because that's guys are going to like that kind of stuff but what i'm saying is is like i think that the the people that are true deer hunters and like really want to learn and are actually going to spend money to buy products off sponsors have kind of drifted from that kind of stuff they don't want to see that anymore they actually want to see facts they want to learn they want to see results behind it they don't want to just read stuff that you know, they want to see the results. They want to know that they're watching somebody that truly can get it done and prove, hey, this is how you can use this. This is why I wear Osseo gear. This is why I shoot a prime. This is why I love mega meats. You know, just look at the holes I've put in deer for the last five years. Anybody that doesn't shoot a mega meat, to me, after seeing that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, rages were good, but mega meats destroy deer. Yeah. Literally destroy them. Yeah. Um, you know... So, and it's nothing against the rage. I'm just saying, you know, since we got with G5, we never had a broadhead sponsor. So once we got with G5 and we actually, you know, had a sponsor, and, man, it was just amazing what, but just like with the deer lure, you know. So if you can teach people how to use these things, I think that's what they want to see. You know, John, you have TV, you know, show your 704 outdoors, correct? Yep. Let's move the mic there a little bit to John. I've been a silent partner over here for a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> but John, is your basic. Tell us what you do for Andy real quick. Uh, so Nothing. I, yeah, <laughs> I play on the internet, and I hunt, and I act like I'm doing something on my phone all, yeah. all the time. <laughs> no, I do um, all the uh, you know marketing strategies and advertising and social media and different things that we uh, um National sales manager. He's the one that got Canadian Tire. Yeah, sales. I do national sales. Kind of a little bit of everything. Um, But most of it, when I started with Blackwood Deer Lords, was just um, helping with brand awareness, getting it out there, getting the product out, using the tools um, with social media and um, internet and videos. Because I actually started with Andy uh, as a TV show being sponsored. You know, mm-hmm. um, God, eight, ten years ago, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Long time ago. Yeah, long time ago. So I bumped into him at the PV Deer Classic in South Carolina. South Carolina. Yeah, so we uh, basically, you know, after a while, and that's kind of what I did a lot, was we were so popular, um, 74 Outdoors TV show was, because I used my online you know, strategies to push people to watch the TV show, right? So, that's just Andy me, that's just me. me drinking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, Andy, uh, you know, he asked me, uh, oh, I don't know, probably 
five, six years ago. He said, hey, man, uh, what, you're pretty good with that Internet stuff, you know. He helped me, uh, you know, kind of get some more stuff out there. And, and I said, yeah, sure, I can do it. So started helping out with the social media side of things, and then that grew into, you know, production stuff and video work and things like that. And then it grew into uh, I could run my mouth and talk to anybody, so I wanted to try some sales. So yeah. Dove into the sales part of things, so not a little bit of everything, but it's been a it's been a fun ride. Yeah, good. But I mean, you've seen what I was getting at though was like you you've seen what I've been talking about a little bit as far as like how the shift from it was tough to get sponsors there for a bit or show them that like look. You know, there's more to just taking a pretty picture. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, and it's not just against women or anything, but there's a lot of guys that take just pictures sitting yeah. in a tree stand. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But never kill anything. Yeah, the, you the, know, it, it, there's been a definite shift in, in social media and online altogether since before. It used to be whatever photos went viral, whatever got the most reach, whatever, you know, piqued the most interest, which, you know, to be honest, sex sells, right? So... Um, that's where all the photos of the girls and stuff like that really took off. And that was where a lot of advertisement campaigns went, you know, because you could see that the proof was in the numbers, you know, the reach is where it was at, you know. So um, now it's kind of changed a little bit to, like you're saying, more inf information, uh, basically the different algorithms on, you know, Facebook and, and different platforms go to education before they go to uh, interest. Mm -hmm. So that's when you'll see like keywords like how to or hack or anything like that that's in any of the titles. You'll notice that those always get more reach, more views. Because the thing is, the, the platforms know that people are hungry for information like that. They want to do how-tos. They want to do, you know, tips. Dylan has tricks, this whole skew of, like, that. hashtags that he puts in, and I read them, and I just yeah. go, I just want to puke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. For your page. And oh, yeah. I'm just like, gosh, I hate this. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. so not what I... You hate, them, you hate them numbers, though. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It I'm is. Just, a, that's I'm just that. saying, like, it's so... Like, yeah. for me, I'm like... It is annoying, but I mean, yeah. so many people follow. Well, none of the hashtags yeah. anymore are of anything. Like the hashtags don't pay our bills. Right. People like Andy do. Right. You know, our sponsors do not. You know, not those things. But so I don't. I guess they're people are searching those or they're yeah. following them. I they're don't saved. know. Yeah, the people they they follow those hashtags. That way, when they get on there, it shows yeah, up it in shows, their feed. Shows it up does. in their feed the ones they want the most. You know. But to me, for years, I was just so ingrained that yeah. you know my hashtags were going to be Black Widow Deer Lures, Mossy Oak Prime, Deer yeah. Hunting, Bow Hunting, right. you know, yeah. Spartan Cameras. Yeah. Things like that. His say nothing like that. Yeah. You know, I can't lie that the numbers have grown, but yeah. it makes me feel bad because my sponsors aren't getting mentioned. Right. Well, and it's, um, you know, social media, the whole game of it is, is you know, there's an art to it because, um, you know, it's all based on advertisement, right? What can, you know, we show somebody to keep them on our platform for as long as possible how can we keep them there so then we can start feeding them ads, right? So I'm going to show you everything that you like. So every hashtag you search, every 
product you view, every TV show you're looking or searching or anything, I, I keep all that. And that way I'm going to show that to you all the time, all the time, because you're going to be on Facebook. And if you ever noticed, you know, Instagram, TikTok, um, Twitter, if you've been there for, you know, an hour or so and you get off of it and then 20 minutes later all of a sudden it sends you a notification. Ben Rising liked or he mm. commented on or he shared this makes me want to come back because that's them like, hey, I need you back because I need to show you another ad, right? Oh, yeah, so sure. it's all based off of ads. So they have to, sh they want to show you everything that you like to keep you there, right? So that's where all these hashtags and all this stuff mm -hmm. comes from is basically how can we hold their attention and we just keep on shoving stuff they like in their face and they keep on watching. Like all your videos on TikTok and stuff change. Like if you start watching and they're talking like, how many seconds did you watch this video? Well, even though you didn't react to it, you were still interested in it enough to watch so many seconds. So guess what? Now everything changes. Now they're going to start showing you all those videos. Yeah, and you that's know, so. that's kind of like where a, a, a hater could help you out. Yeah. When, and even though they didn't <laughs> like it, and they're like, I ain't showing this guy support, but you watch yeah. seven minutes of that 10-minute video, oh, we yeah. appreciate it. Yeah, oh, absolutely. <laughs> and the ones that, you know, at, at some platforms, the haters are welcome because the more they comment and that's the right. more they get into arguing, yeah. what happens is more people feed into it. Next thing you know, it's uh, it's a hot topic. So now the platform wants to show it to more people because they're like, hey, there's a buzz going around this post. Let's show more people. And it could just be somebody just raising cane, but guess what? When you look at your numbers and it went from like 2,000 views and he starts, you know, going in and everybody starts jumping on him, next thing you know, 10,000, 15,000, 20,000. And then next thing you turn around, it's 100,000 because people are going at each other's throats. But the thing is, you know, there's collateral damage with that. Other people that, you know, that you weren't able to reach got to see it too. So yeah, I mean, that's, haters are welcome. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but that's like kind of where like hashtag Black Widow Deer Lures were opposed as putting hashtag Black Widow Deer Lures, put hashtag Big Buck Down, yeah. hashtag Bow Hunting, all those hashtags have been hates. Oh, yeah. yeah. Where oh, was it? Uh, my favorite one uh, didn't go 20. Yeah. I hear another person say that. Didn't go yeah. 20. That's the, that's the, uh, Man bun of bow hunting right Man. there. Didn't go 20. <laughs> but um, what I was getting at there was like, so if we can put those different hashtags, well, instead of it reaching 15,000 people per se, well, we're going to reach 40,000 using different hashtags, but they're still going to see the product. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it doesn't, just because it necessarily doesn't say Blackwood or Deer Lord is a hashtag, it's included on them, but the other trending ones, and a lot of times just by searching what the trending hashtags are a lot of times you'll see you know like if uh, apple released something or samsung released somebody or, or whoever you'll see those hashtags in a post that has absolutely nothing to do with it but you just jumped on that trending hashtag right you know so you know i, I generally don't jump into those types of hashtags a lot because You'll get a lot of the anti-hunters and some of those uh, <laughs> things that you really don't want to, but you pay attention to a lot of the trending ones, and that kind of helps with the reasons like what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, so anyway, uh, you know, we could, that's a big rabbit hole we could go oh, down. Oh, goodness. Forever. There's so yeah. much to figure out yeah. there, but, um, 
We're uh, we're kind of running short on time. I know you guys uh, are going. Hold on, I got a question. Okay, I'm gonna jump in a tree. You're right. Yeah, back yeah. to the anyway, back I, to the year. And I was gonna ask Andy. <laughs> so you, as you being a sponsor, that you know, you, you pay people. What is one of the things that you've started to look for the most now? Like, you know, I know a lot of changes have happened since we started together, but. Um, you know, we've been able to survive it with you. So I'm just curious, like, what, you know, what are the things that you look for and how do you gauge the results? Like, how, how do you know that somebody's, like, say, for instance, how do you know that Ben Rising is moving the needle for you? How do I know? Well, we, we get um, social media people. Actually, when people place an order online, and our online sales have gone through the roof. I mean, every year it's... You know, 50% more, 50% more. And how many times can you keep going 50% more? And you get quite a few that say, I heard about it on Whitetail Edge, you know, and they post it on there. So the way I look at that is if you get 10, it's probably 10, 20 times that. You know, because how many people actually say it? You know, like people... You know, and that's just, that one, you know, it's, it's more and more and more. You, if you hear it, then you know it's, you know, it's kind of a gut feeling, you know, kind of, you kind of know that um, um, it's a lot more than what you're hearing, you know. Gotcha. You, you can't say, well, you know, 50 people say. You can't oh, always be the analytics or numbers. That no, you got to have the gut. You have to have the gut, and then you have to. You can see where you have a lot more reach to some of the dealers and how the sales in those dealers or in the region, say in Ohio, um, how they're uh, skyrocket. You know, and it's like, uh, you know, I'm sending reorders every other week, you know, every three weeks, sending reorders, 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 you know, and... Um, you know, and I watch what you post on there, and then all of a sudden I, I see stuff being sold. But, you know, one thing before we go, go, when I get back up in the tree for the evening, I do want to mention, you know, about the deer lure, mention about uh, deer protection program and RT quick testing on the CWD. You know, not all deer lures are, are uh, created equal. And there's only so many um, companies out there, and, and most of the big ones are, but there's... You know, there's a lot of states that, you know, it has to be, you know, DPP approved, um, RT quick tested. So, you know, we have a test that, uh, you know, all our lure is tested to make sure that there is no um, CWD present in the batch of deer urine, you know, and um, some of the states that require this is, say, for instance, North Carolina, Tennessee, Alabama, Mississippi, Louisiana, Michigan, um, just name a few. So if they don't have the DPP sticker on it and RT uh, testing, um, it's probably not legal in your state. Mm. You know, and and you're, you're not helping the deer herd because, um, you know, let's, let's all face it, the, you're never going to, and I, I'll get blowback here, but you're never going to get rid of CWD. CWD's been around since the mid-60s. First time it was found what it was was in Colorado. But, you know, the locals there say, oh, that's been around for a couple generations. Um, 
And you look at the um, deer population, elk population in Colorado, it's great. You know, so a lot of it's overblown. Um, a lot of people don't realize how, uh, you know, what it's caused by. It's caused by a deformed prion. The prion could get in the soil um, and last over a decade in the soil. Vegetation that's grown in that soil can pick up that prion. So a deer uh, uh, that eats it can get CWD. You know, so for instance, for example, say, if some wheat or milo or whatever in Kansas or Iowa is grown and it's uh, CWDs in the, um, you know, the prions in the soil, that grain could pick up that um, prion. Now, whatever deer or migratory game bird picks up that thing, eats it, flies 500 miles and poops, guess what? He just spread CWD. Hmm. Or, here's what... The biologists can't stand what I ask them this question. They just say, that's not our jurisdiction. That's what they always say. We just deal on wildlife. I go, all right. They admit that the CWD is trans could be transmitted through the vegetation and the seeds and the corn, etc. I go, then why are you not stopping the sale of bird seed in every grocery store, hardware store, dollar store throughout the country? When most of that seed is coming, it's milo, millet, and stuff that's grown in Kansas, Iowa, you know, all those Good states. Yeah. And they're, well, that's not our jurisdiction. It's like, <laughs> you know, it's dumb. It's, uh, I'm old enough, I'm 65 now, I'm old enough to remember when people said, oh, we're going to stop the ash, uh, ash borer, emerald ash borer. No, you're not. And guess what? It wiped out... Mm, Hundreds of miles of ash trees. States. Yeah, states worth. You're not going to stop it. You know, they talk about, we're going to stop the um, carp in, in, the, in the rivers. You're not going to stop it because if anybody's had a pond, you know, a bird, there'd be no fish in it. Next year, there'd be fish in it. How do you think they get there? They get there on birds and stuff. See, yeah. And the same thing with CWD. You're not going to stop it. I mean, we're not the only country that has it. And I'm not talking Canada. South Korea's got Europe loaded with it. The, um, if you look online, three, four years ago, they found it in the Arctic north, four or five hundred miles north of where people are in Norway when they're up there radio collaring um, reindeer. They found a sick book. Killed it. Brought the head back. Guess what? CWD. Hmm. And nobody was using deer rearing up there. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> But if they were using black widow, they would have been just fine. Yeah, because it's all it's all tested. <laughs> they would have killed the biggest white tail ever. Uh, yeah. you know, so, so I basically I'm telling people, you know, make sure it's CW, you know, detested, RT quick tested, and it's DPP just to do your approved. part. Yeah, I'm just trying to do my part, and you know, uh, I'm not the only one there. I mean, you know, you've got probably a dozen, fifteen companies that are into it, and. Pretty much the people that are in it are probably 99% of the deer lure that's on the market today. Um, the ones that are, have problems are the ones that are small and they don't have double fencing. You know, part of it being a DPP, your herd has to be a closed herd for five years. So in other words, no new deer in, nothing like that. So everybody knows, you know, if they got CWD after three years, you know, they're dying. And um, that's why we, we've gone to a five years. And um, 
closed herds and uh, no bringing any any uh, new animals in. If you want new blood in, you got to bring in um, semen, and you know that's it. But well, interesting. I wanted to put those two cents in yeah, there. Yeah, we appreciate it. We thank you for taking the time. Hopefully, you have some good luck tonight, and you'll kill a good deer and I'm finally sign, connect. I'm gonna slide in that same spot. Yeah, there you go. And hopefully, where are you hunting, John? You gonna hunt tonight too, or you? Yeah, yeah, we're gonna go up to. Uh, what we call Baby Everest. John's knob. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Just a little bump. Don't tell me I'm the knob on the bar. Can't even see it. The top's over. <laughs> no, yeah, but. I'll be up there, uh, up there with the wife this afternoon. Right on. Uh, She'll be behind the gun tonight. Oh, boy. Beth's going to yeah. be doing the shooting. Oh, no. Last and time, pork horns better look out. Last time she did it, I'm still deaf in my right ear, but <laughs> she killed a nice one. Well, you know, she put in her time in last year. You'd be proud. She passed 27 bucks last year during gun season. Mm-hmm. We filmed all of them because she would, would not pull the trigger on one unless it was bigger than the one she had killed up here the year before. So. Wow. Right she did. She passed a whole. I think I gave Andy the wrong farm. <laughs> so she did. She passed up twenty-seven. Uh, you know. Yeah, but the ones I passed it last yesterday, high one thirties, mid one forties. What's that mid one forty going to be next year? Yeah. Mid one fifties. Yeah, well, hopefully. Yeah. But, um, I always wonder where they go. You wonder. I do too, because we passed so many. Well, I know a lot of them that died this year by neighbors, so. I know where those ones are, but it is what it is. It's just the game. It's getting really tough in Ohio as far as keeping your deer alive or being able to have those that next crop. What, I mean, just, it? No, just so many hunters anymore. And there's just people are hunting more serious now. You know, they're, they'll pass the 120s, the 115s, and they'll shoot the 135s, 150s, 140s, you know. Um, which I get it. I mean, you know, I could cry about that forever but it's all i'm doing is crying you know it's it's the basically it's you know like i've said before they're not my deer they're god's deer so whatever happens to them happens to them and you know i'm just saying it's uh it's really tough to everybody thinks well if i had the ground you you had it's not so easy mm-hmm. you know i mean it's uh, i've seen that firsthand yeah this year. i mean, I, mean my, I i've said it before i mean i haven't even had a picture of a 180 myself in ohio since can't even tell you how long. It's been a long time, personally. You know, 200, last 200 I've had a picture of was 2012. I mean, and I used to get... I think those deer avoid the camera. That's a whole whole other topic. That's a whole other topic. I think they avoid it. Because I'm going to tell you, that one I saw... With well, they would, they would... There's so many cameras out there, though, now. They would have to alter their... I don't know. Travel got, route, like... I got 14 cameras on my 350 yeah, acres. And it's... I saw him. My, my daughter missed him. And he had to... Yeah, well... He had to go buy six or eight cameras, you know, and, and move around there. It's like... I don't know. Sometimes I wonder if they get to know where the cameras are and just avoid them just a little bit. I don't yeah, it's hard to say. I mean, and sometimes they got to be just in the right spots, and you know. Yeah, I mean, if you kind of think about the odds on a forty-plus acre property, you got two cameras. I mean, you really you're slimming down. Yeah. Well, I was just told by Lamar, and I can't remember what the guy's name was, 
But that guy that killed that really massive buck over in Tusk County, I think it was Tusk or Stark County, um, the buck with the huge brow tines, which I was, I'll get that information from here because I want to actually have that guy on. But that guy owns his own property, I guess, and he killed this giant buck, and he watched it all year. Like, he saw it. He watched it from his barn or his house all summer. And he find, he was sleeping in his blind, literally. Bill Winkie style. Yeah, and then he killed it. I don't know if they killed it, like, in the morning or not, but he ended up killing the deer. But supposedly, and I don't think it was a real big piece of property, from what I understand. I don't want to state unfacts. But maybe somebody can reach us out, reach out to us and maybe be listening to this. Because if they know what deer I'm talking about, it was Ohio here, um, Stark or, you know, whatever county. can't remember that guy's um, name for the life of me. <clears throat> but I'm guessing he was a Mennonite guy or something like that, I'm thinking. Uh, maybe Amish. But he was watching from his house. But literally, like, it was 20 or 30 acres, I believe. He had, like, five or six cameras up, I heard. He never had a picture of that deer. <laughs> but he watched it all year, <laughs> supposedly. So I don't know if, I mean, if he meant he didn't have a picture because if he had a blind up, I'm guessing he was either baiting the deer or it was on a plot. So surely he had to have had a picture there. But maybe he meant nowhere else on the property. So if anybody knows that answer, I'd like to clarify it or maybe interview this guy. Actually, maybe I on could the reach podcast. out to him. Somehow. You know. But uh, anyways, thanks, Andy. Thanks, John. Thanks for having us. And um, everybody out there, good Blackwidowdeerlures.com. Yeah, and uh, good hunting. Shoot straight. Yeah. And shoot what makes you happy. I just want to add in real quick. Just um, yeah, it's it's so hard not to appreciate what you do. It seems just like you do everything to the best of your ability. To where it's just so much more than just a business. It's so much more than just money. You do things the right way with the CWD, taking things off the shelf. You're dating your products. I mean, you're really doing things, and it's hard not to admire what you do at Black Bear. And they're American-made deer, too. Yeah, that's right. Made the USA. Yeah, yeah. 20, 25, <laughs> year, 25 years, we're still family-owned, family-operated, so, you know, I take things to heart. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's just not like, eh. Those well, deer walk around with flags. It's not just, eh. It's like, <laughs> meh. <laughs> meh. <laughs> but, All right, let's go, yeah. let's go hunting. Yeah, thank you guys so Don't much miss. for having us. Huh? Don't miss. Oh, uh, he was already trying to tell me that the wind was blowing so hard the tree was swaying. I was like, are you already trying to lay down the excuse? <laughs> that is a good one. All right. The tree was moving. Peace out. God bless. Whitetail Edge fans. Yep. Thank you for tuning in to the Whitetail Edge podcast. <laughs>